What's up, y'all, and welcome to Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Grow. We're excited to bring you this episode about feedback and how it can be a powerful tool in improving practices in your organization. I'm happy to have a guest with me, Chris Chandler, Assistant Principal at Rock Hill High School in the York County District 3 Rock Hill Schools, where they believe in one team, one dream, one Rock Hill. Chris, hey, how are you? Great, LaToya. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I'm just really excited. You know, I was looking at your Twitter feed one day and I saw a video you posted giving feedback to teachers about the observations that the administrative team has uh, done so far this school year. And I thought, wow, what a powerful practice. That's so cool. So I reached out to you to see if you'd be uh, on the show. So let's start with the first question. I just want to know what's been like two or three powerful moments in designing and implementing a feedback model that's so transparent and routine for teachers? Well, I think for us, we really wanted to be very, very transparent with our teachers on what we were looking at, and then also um, what feedback we gave to them. We didn't want anything to be secretive with them. We didn't want them to think like we were coming to get them. Um, we didn't want it to be evaluative. We really wanted to help support them and help them get better. So we really spent a lot of time just trying to become consistent as an admin team. We worked on uh, about six instructional focus areas that we wanted teachers to follow in the classroom, and we designed our um, our template, our observation template based off of those. And then we want to figure out how we could then share that information with teachers other than just the, the quick email feedback. So when I heard you guys talking about a video on your podcast, I decided to bring it back to my team and they kudos to them. They were all willing to jump on board. And so we were able to spend more time on the video talking about our instructional focus areas because we really don't have faculty meetings. A lot of the time is spent in professional learning communities. And so that allowed us to share with our faculty when we really wouldn't have had the time to do so and allowed us to then go re refocus on our um, instructional focus areas. And then I also got all of the admin team to have input on the video and to say what their glows and grows were. So it allowed all of our admin team to have a voice um, with our teachers. That's interesting, Chris. I, I like what you said about how you all work together as a team to to be consistent in your feedback. I remember when Michael and I were co-principals, we started our work together by calibrating our observations. So we did several walkthroughs together and then would compare notes and, and talk about how we make sure that we're consistent. Uh, talk to me a little bit about were there any particular or specific strategies you all use to ensure consistency? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things we noticed this summer was that uh, when we started talking about observations, we really looked at the data from last year, and we all kind of focused on different things. So I thought as an admin team, what we should do this summer was to really nail down what are the six things that we want to see in the classroom. And so our admin team got together with our department chairs, and we narrowed it down to those six things. And then we also went ahead on our calendar over the summer we planned days that we were going to go in together to observe. So each each week we partner up. There are uh, five, of, five of us that are APs at Rock Hill High. And so we partner up, and then we also bring the department chair with us um, of that department. And so that's a way where we can then have the observation, talk about what we noticed and how it impacts those instructional focused areas. And then we have a – ideally we have a debrief as well to discuss that data. 
That's awesome. I love that practice. And I love the inclusion of the teacher leader, the department chair. I think that makes the practice so powerful. It becomes collaborative, a very collaborative feedback loop. Well, Chris, you know, with any great idea, there are also great challenges. So tell me about what some of the challenges you faced uh, might have been or might have experienced shifting from, you know, that individual email feedback to this more transparent practice of giving a collective way of feedback about the progress of those six practices um, that you all want to see in classrooms. What, what's been some of the challenges with that? Well, I think first off is time. I think with any, any school, time is always going to be a factor. We did a great job of putting our observations on the calendar and making sure that we were actually going um, on those days with each other. We didn't do as good of a job with the debrief. And so, you know, being in the schools, things happen, and uh, our debrief time has gotten cut short a few different times, and, and we didn't do as good of a job putting on the calendar. So that's one of the things we're going to do. One simple thing we're going to do to get better is make sure we have that debrief time on the calendar and that we invite the department chair in for that debrief because we want it all to be very out in the open. The other, I think the other big challenge is one that we absolutely have to solve, and that's what are we going to do when we notice there's a problem? Um, we, need to, we need to have some sort of system-wide way to support our teachers. We do have personalized professional development, and so we have to find a way to, when we notice a problem, whole school, say, for instance, one of the things that Bo Modler, our assistant principal of instruction, noticed was that um, our teacher, our, the classrooms are mostly still teacher-centered instead of student-centered. How are we then going to support our teachers to improve that practice. And so part of that's through, we can add in professional development. If we notice it school-wide, we have to find a way to address it. And then if we notice an individual problem, we have to find a way to individually support that teacher. Because like I said, we, we're not trying to get any teachers. We really want to build the teachers that we have and to coach them up. We can't afford to lose any teachers. Yeah. And so I think those are the big challenges. Yeah, yeah. And I like how you talked about how this is a way to build capacity in teacher practice to to help support the improvement of their practice, not a way to evaluate and push people away. There's See, one of the things I think that we've gotten wrong for a long time in education is that we've approached our work from a deficit mindset. And so what I hear you saying is you all are approaching this from an assets mindset. In other words, looking at classrooms, confirming the practices that you're looking for, being transparent with teachers about what it is that your focus is on so that they aren't guessing about what it is you're looking at when you come into their classroom and then finding ways to support them in advancing those practices, which ultimately we know end up advancing student outcomes. So I just commend you for being brave enough to do something a little differently and to bring an idea that could be seen as fairly non-traditional to your admin team, and I commend them on being willing to participate in this. I have to ask you, I know it's early in the year, but are there any results either in student achievement, teacher morale, or anything else positive that you've seen as a result of this new feedback practice? Yeah, we have absolutely noticed that the culture is a little bit better this year, it's a little more positive. Teachers are asking us to come into the rooms to give them feedback, which is absolutely what we wanted to see. We don't want them to be afraid of us walking in the room. We want them to, to welcome us in, and they've been willing to do that. We've also really, really stressed um, that we want to challenge the status quo this year. We feel like we're, we're a good school, um, but we want to take that next step. How do we get great? And so we, we really 
we really pushed our teachers to take risks in the classroom. And we've noticed that as we've gone around, that they've been willing to take risks, they're willing to change things up. I think the one piece of data that I've noticed that's improved has to do around cold calls, which I got that idea. I got the idea of cold calls from your session at SCAZA. And uh, I think the first, that was the one I got the most pushback on teachers for was, was asking them to do cold calls in the classroom. And the first few weeks we were in there, didn't notice a lot of cold calls. But in the last few weeks, we noticed a lot more cold calls. So I think that's one of the positives that we've noticed and that we see that teachers are listening to us and listening to our feedback. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, what some of what you describe is what uh, I'd expect because I wrote a blog recently for Teacher to Teacher about instructional feedback, and uh, it was featured on their page. And uh, one of the things I talk about is how, you know, I believe that most teachers want something more than great job, good job. They want to be affirmed and confirmed and clear about what they're doing well, and they want support around those places where they can improve. I, I believe that's what most people want. And what I hear you saying is that teachers are getting that. And I think what really makes my heart happy is to hear you say teachers are asking for you to come into their classroom, which confirms my belief that that is what folks want. Well, Chris, talk to me a little bit about how shifting this practice and implementing this new feedback designed practice how, what has this done for you as a leader in terms of your philosophy around instructional leadership? I think it comes back to something I actually learned from you at SCAZA, which was the importance of focus and clarity. We, um, I think in the past few years, observationally, we've, we've all looked at such different things. And I think our teachers haven't gotten as good of feedback as they needed from us. And so I think for us to really spend some time and to be very clear about what we're looking for and how it looks in the classroom, I think that's been such an important practice for me. Uh, It's really just really good for us to all be on the same page as an admin team and really to build each other up. I think that's one of the the big things. Another big positive for us is that our our, our admin team has really had a very good PLC this year in terms of talking about the observation data, talking about what we want to see instructionally, and building each other's capacity. Because we really, at the end of the day, we really have to support each other as a team and help each other get better in that regard. Because we spend a lot of time doing management aspects, but we need to still be instructionally focused as well. That's awesome. You know, that's something I had not thought about, but I can see how as an administrative team, this type of work and working in a, a collaborative feedback manner would improve the practice of everybody on an administrative team, you know, because I, you know, I remember when Michael and I worked together, we both came from being teachers of different disciplines. I was an English teacher. He was a history teacher. So we approach things different. And one of our assistant principals was a former science teacher. One was a former math teacher. And so we really worked on calibrating and adding that focus and clarity. So I think that's awesome. And I I hope you'll continue that practice. And um, I'd love to hear more from your teachers about how um, they viewed this. I think it would be interesting to do uh, a survey of, of their perceptions of this new model and uh, how it's helped them uh, starting at, uh, you know, the beginning of the year to the end of the year and see what kind of changes in perceptions you see and then kind of see if you can do some type of comparison to student outcomes for those teachers who viewed this practice as positive versus those who maybe had a different perception. Um, So that's just an idea as I'm listening to you talk that I think might be really interesting and might be a way to push the practice forward um, for next year if you still have some folks out there that are still uncertain about this new way of doing things. So 
Yeah, that's a great idea. We will definitely add that to our end of the end of the semester um, stuff that we do. Yeah. Well, Chris, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy Saturday morning to uh, be a part of leadership with Latoya, and we appreciate you and listeners like you. And I would be remiss if I didn't say Happy Principals Month. It is October. It is National Principals Month, and I know that is one of the hardest jobs in the world. So thank you for what you're doing for children and teachers and uh, the folks in your school every day. And uh, we appreciate that here at Leadership with Latoya. Well, folks, thanks for joining us. We hope you will check out our new site. It is LatoyaDixon5.com and uh, take a look at some of the blog posts we have there, the number of resources. And don't forget, you can join Leadership with Latoya. It's absolutely free, but we want you to become a part of one of the fastest growing leadership collaborative communities around. Do that by visiting LatoyaDixon5.com. Click on Join Leadership with Latoya. Put in your information and I'll send you a badge to display on your social media site that lets everyone know you're a member. Until next time, be you, be true, be a hope builder. This is Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Growth.